gospels, the stories of the parables, and all the things about Jesus. In fact, uh, we've got a, uh, a group of us are going over to Israel in June, so really looking forward to that, being able to walk the streets, walk the places where uh, Jesus walked. We haven't done that in our lives before. I think it's something every Christian should always uh, try and get the opportunity to do at some stage, and our school send a team over every year, so a group of us decided it was about time that we went ourselves, so looking forward to that. So passage I want to share uh, today is uh, one of the stories about a guy who came to see uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 5 and verse 22. So you got your notes there, and it says this. It says, and one, Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with her, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A couple of things that I just uh, note about this guy as we uh, read the story here that, that stand out about him. And one was he is a man of importance. The Bible says that he was a ruler. You don't become uh, a man of importance unless there's some strength to your character. Uh, in some way, you've learned to take hold of life and to make it happen uh, for you. So he had climbed his way uh, to the top, he had reached the very top of the chosen field in which he had committed his life to in, as far as a career. If he could have given the command, he, could have command, he, uh, he would have commanded his daughter to have been uh, made well again, uh, but he couldn't do that. See, life will always present something to you. Life will throw things at you uh, that leaves you vulnerable. Whatever strengths you may have, uh, there are always times in life that you'll find that you will be tested in areas that you cannot fix by yourself. They're bigger than what you can handle just on your own. Second thing we find out about this man was he was a man who had faith in God. He was a synagogue leader. And so the synagogue rulers, they took the responsibility for the administration uh, to make sure that the traditions of the synagogue uh, were kept. And I kind of think that the fact that he had chosen to focus his career on working in the synagogue uh, was an indication that the worship of God was important to him. And so he is an educated man. He is schooled in the traditions and the faith uh, of Israel. Third thing about him, I think, is that he was a rich man. He would have been able to uh, buy whatever he needed to be happy uh, in life. And uh, he does the thing which I guess only rich people can understand is that he uses his strength against his weakness. And so if he were poor, he may, might not have been able to get access to Jesus, to uh, get to confront Jesus, uh, but he uses his strength, he uses the fact that he's a wealthy man uh, so that he could have access to Jesus. See, when you have money, you can get to people that often uh, poorer folk can't get to. You pull out your cell phone, you've got all sorts of contacts in there uh, because uh, you have some influence uh, because of your wealth. And so which others of us uh, don't even have them right. You can text them right now if you wanted to. He had enough money to get to Jesus, but his money wouldn't heal uh, his daughter. And then we find that he had a tender heart. Uh, he had this 12-year-old daughter. She was the delight of her daddy's eyes, and he loved her. He would do anything uh, to just to uh, for her. Uh, he could get to Jesus. He went to Jesus. He said, my daughter's at the point of death. He said, I need you to go and fix it. See, nothing makes you more weak than uh, when your kids are hurting. You feel helpless. You feel worried, especially when there's nothing really that you can do about it. She is at the point of death, and so he went to Jesus. 
And Jesus drops everything so that he can head for Jairus' house. Jesus drops everything to do a house call. It's amazing, isn't it? Can't even get your doctor to do that. It's amazing. Jesus does everything uh, to go and do that. Not many people would be able to do that. That's a big deal. I kind of think the story of his life probably went something like this. Many years earlier, he and his wife met, uh, fell in love. They walked along this moonlit uh, beach. They uh, planned their lives together. They had great hopes for the future, planned out how many children they're going to have, you know, one, two, three, four, ten. My mum and dad had ten, and they didn't know when to stop. I'm glad they didn't, st- I'm glad they didn't stop at six, otherwise I wouldn't be here, but anyway, and... Uh, then along she came and this cute, cuddly, most beautiful baby in the world. One day she said, Dada. And, uh, you know, clever little girl. Millions have done it before, uh, but it's not the same as when it's your baby. Those of us that have daughters know that they have their mums twisted around their little finger, don't they? And uh, no doubt they, he enjoyed their little daughter and as she grew up, you know, little baby, she had slobber all over him and didn't really matter. And it was his little girl. But one day, mum and dad noticed that something was wrong. Her bedroom was tidy. <laughs> there was food, food in the fridge. She wasn't hunched up over her cell phone all day. She didn't go, want to go shopping for clothes. She was sick and gradually she got worse and worse. She was just 12 years old. See, we can be going along fine and life is good and goals are reached and then one day, everything's okay. The next day, tragedy strikes. One day, family is whole. Next day, your whole world just caves in and someone you love is gone. Someone is struck down. Someone is diagnosed as being very sick and terrible things happen in life. Life that was full is just all of a sudden, it's, it's just gone. Some of you maybe you've walked this path. Some of you maybe are walking this path at this very moment. You may be wondering in it all, where is God in all of this? How come God? Where are you? What's going wrong? You don't know which way to turn. This man, he just watched his daughter just go down and down and down. They called for the doctors. Praise God for doctors. I'd be dead now if it uh, wasn't for doctors. And uh, I'm like an old second-hand Japanese car. You know, you just keep swapping the parts all around. As, <laughs> as, as they wear out, they stick a new bit in. But anyway, if it wasn't for their skills, you know, I'd be dead by now. This man here, he could afford the very best. When you get hurt, when, but when you can't get healed when there's no answer for your need then you look elsewhere for answers some look to quacks some look to the demonic area to try and get healing they get so desperate but in this passage here we find that Jairus turned to Jesus does God heal this Jesus does he really heal can he help us can he help my little girl all of Jairus' contemporaries had rejected Jesus they had written him off but not Jairus because Jairus had a need. Folks, needs can be very important things in your life. Don't waste your needs. Your needs can be a point of contact with God. You know, Jesus never wasted a need. Remember the story where they fed the 5,000 and maybe 20,000 if you include women and children. And uh, after they had fed, Jesus had fed them all with the loaves and the fishes. Then he got the disciples to go and pick up the waste, gather it up in baskets, I kind of think, why didn't he just make some more food if he needed more food? It would be a little bit more appetizing than bones that people had picked the flesh off of fish and, and um, crumbs of bread and bits of bread that people had 
broken with their hands, you'd think he'd make some more if he needed it. Do you think that God will let anything be a waste in your life? See, your need can drive you into the storehouse of heaven. It would have been easy for Jairus just to follow his peers and just go with the crowd and just to be cynical about Jesus. But he had been watching with an open, open mind. He'd been listening with an open mind. He would rather lose his friends than lose his daughter. In our passage, we read then of another person in the middle of all this, uh, another person uh, appears in the passage uh, with this crowd with a need. It says here in verse 24, it says, a large crowd followed and pressed against him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Notice this lady, she had been sick for 12 long years. Started the same time as this little girl had been born. That's a long time just to be feeling sick and just to be gradually just losing your strength over 12 years. And so we've got this little girl who is 12 years old, who is sick and is dying, but her father has an appointment with Jesus. And Jesus is going to make a house call. On the other hand, we've got this lady who's been uh, sick for 12 long years, and this lady doesn't have an appointment with Jesus. Both cases were terminally ill, both in crisis mode, both of them with no cure for what was wrong with them. I kind of think I look at this lady, and I think two things about this lady that really just stand out uh, about her. Uh, one was she could have given up. See, if you've had blood running from your body, you, you, for that sort of period of time, you were unclean in your community. And she would have not have had much religious or much social life through this time. Uh, if it persisted, you were in real trouble. You became a reject of society. Uh, you, you were an outcast. You were regarded as an unclean person. And, and, and so most of these people, you know, if it persisted, they were put out of their homes. They, they could not eat with their families. They lived on the outskirts of the cities in terrible uh, conditions. They were marked people. They lived that way until they died. For 12 years, this lady, she must have known shame beyond all shame. We all know what it's like to be a human being and just to be acceptable in a, in a community. We enjoy eating with our friends and with our families, go out with your mates, go to church, things like that. But when you're sick, you do not live a normal life. This woman wasn't going out. She wasn't hanging out with her friends, wasn't going out for a coffee, no social life, because sickness disconnects you from society. If you don't believe that, just go up to the hospital and have a walk around and look up there. This woman, she, she hadn't been like that. Once upon a time, she had financial security. She had a home and so on. But the Bible says that she had lost a lot. She had spent it all on, on doctors, and now she was poor. No doubt they gave her wonder drugs. You wonder what they do to you? She probably took so many tablets that when she walked, she rattled. You know, she, she had gone from being somebody that was acceptable to somebody that was rejected uh, in society. Can you imagine the scars on her emotions? They probably needed healing as well. See, people like this, wherever they went, they were meant to, if they came around people, they were meant to call out unclean, unclean. You got, you know, terrible shame. That's not good for your self-esteem, is it? When you're in a crowd and you're walking around calling out unclean, unclean, you know, 
Maybe you can identify with her that you've been through some stuff in your life that has really scarred your emotions, really affected your self-esteem. You know, the Bible tells me that God restores our souls. Our souls are our mind, our will, and our emotions. Those areas that have been scarred, those areas that have been hurt, you know, I was talking to someone after the earlier service, they had so many people that they, they, they come to the healing rooms and, and, and their sickness is a result of unforgiveness. There's been stuff that has happened in people's lives that have hurt them so much that they carry unforgiveness in their lives and it comes out and affects them in a physical way, in a sickness in some way. The Bible says that God can restore your soul. Restore means to make whole again. God can restore your mind and your will and your emotions if you allow him to do that. Jesus can do that for you. The other thing about this lady, I kind of think she could have made excuses. You know, she could have thought, well, I'm not important. I'm not gonna bother him. Jesus is busy. Why try again? I've tried everything. This is not gonna work. And she could have made excuses. You know, you can get so low that if you looked up, you could see the belly of a cockroach. You know, you kind of think, you know, man, you've got an excuse just to lie in bed, haven't you? And, and, and make excuses for, well, I'll just stay in bed. And then she had persistence. This woman defied every custom. She defied the law. She defied her fears. She defied everything. She hid in her condition. She pushed away, crept up through the crowd, reached through it. She thought, if I can just lay hold of the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She had faith to believe that. See, the hem of Jesus' garment was going to be her point of faith. Around the hem of the garment that the men wore was this blue band, which was a reminder to them that they were the children of God. And so, see, if I can just touch the hem of the garment, I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be like this. You know, I shouldn't be sick like this. You know, I, I, my God is a healer. And, and, and if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, then I will be made whole again. She decided, I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll take whatever it takes. You know, I, if I got to crawl on my belly, if I got to force my way through the crowd, if, you know, I don't need an appointment. I don't need a house call. If I can just get in there and touch the hem of Jesus' garment, then I will be made whole. Verse 29, it says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in, in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? See, Jesus asked this amazing question. Crowds are pushing around him. He's, forced, uh, he's just surrounded and, and, and he says, who touched me? Like, Jesus is saying, I'm used to crowds. I'm used to touching people. I'm used to people pressing against me, but who touched me? You know, who reached out and, and, and somebody touched me? See, you, you need to get radical enough where you, you, you get to the, state, uh, the point where your attitude, whatever it is, I'm gonna, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm going to get out of this condition. condition. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make my life better. Whatever it takes, I'm going to be whole. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get out of this dungeon. If I've got to crawl on my hands and knees and, and, and push through, whatever it takes, I'm all in. I'm going for it. 
So you can't just be a recipient of God's blessing. You have to do something. See, maybe you've been waiting on God to do something and God is waiting on you to do something. See, maybe, maybe God is saying to you, I've come as close to you as I'm going to come. Now it's up to you. You've got to take a step. You've got to step out in faith. You've got to do something. You've got, you, you got to make something happen. It's not going to change until you change. You're not going to get better until, until you move. If Stop waiting for something to happen. You know, nothing is going to happen until you crawl out of your circumstances. But in verse 32 it says, But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Folks, that is faith. Reach out and touch Jesus at your point of need. See, look to Jesus. Don't look to the crowd. Don't, don't look at the obstacles. Don't, don't, don't look at your condition. Jesus said you've got to keep on knocking. You've got to keep on asking. The, the Greek in there is that it's continuous. It's something that you've got to keep on doing. You know, don't give up. Be persistent. You say, well, I've tried before. I've done it before. It didn't work. Do it again. If it still doesn't work, do it again. And keep on doing it. Be persistent. Keep pushing and keep doing it again. Remember the man that had the withered arm? And Jesus told him to, to, to stretch out his arm. You know, you've got a withered arm. Like, everything's withered. The, uh, you know, the muscles, everything's withered. And Jesus says, he asked them to do something that was impossible. He says, stretch out your arm. You know, there, there may be some things that you're carrying in your life. There may be some dreams that you're carrying in your life. Some things, you, you know, you're, you'd really like to go for that you sense God speaking to you about, but it just looks impossible to you. You think, oh, it could never happen. Just looks impossible. You need to begin to reach out. There comes a point that if you just wait, oh, well, if God wants it, God will make it happen. No, there comes a point where God says to us, you need to stretch out your arm. You need to stretch it out. So you need to push out. At some point as you're stretching out, there is a release of the power of God that will come into you that will help you to reach your impossible dream. Jesus will say, who touched me? Power has gone out of me. Your faith has healed you. See, what happened to this woman here? Multitudes were surrounding Jesus, but only one person touched him in faith. This lady who had been suffering for 12 years, she was made whole. While all this is going on, if you like, kind of picture what was happening in the scene at that time. Here's this man that he'd come to Jesus and said, come on, Jesus, you know, can you heal my daughter? And he got a house call. He got Jesus to come and, and, and he would have been thinking, Lord, don't be delayed. I know this, what's happening to this lady is important, but, but it's my little girl. Don't be laid, delayed. Don't be held up, you know. It's not just any girl. It's my girl. You know, come on, Jesus, come quickly. And it says here in verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Someone arrives from his house and says, it's too late. Don't bother him anymore. She's gone. She's dead. Can you imagine the torment that must have gone through his mind at that time? God, why? Why? You know, even if you hadn't got held up, you might have got there. Why? You know, his mind would have been torn apart. It's, it's empty. 
It's finished. It's gone. Nothing. No more hope. Kind of think of the stages that he must have gone through. You know, there's that stage of hopelessness, the, the, the hopelessness, hopelessness of humanity when faced with death. Something that we can't do anything about, isn't it? You know, he needed a power that was greater than his. Have you known times in your life when you've had to face something and you've handled something that was handled something that was greater than what you had the power, greater than what you had the capacity for? You know, you had to face something when you said, God, I can't handle this. If it's not for you, I can't get through this thing. If, it's, if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not in this, it's not gonna happen. There's a dream maybe that's died inside of you. You're facing a crisis. You need a power greater than yours. You need, you need God. You, you need hope to come again in your life. Jairus must have had this feeling. All of his education, all of his position in life, all of his money, nothing could help him now. His position was helpless. But Jesus says to Jairus, look at verse 36 in the last half. It says, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. What was that? Jesus, are you speaking to me? What are you saying to me, Jesus? Maybe, maybe there's a chance. See, the second stage is a stage of hope that somehow the words of Jesus speaking to Jairus gave him the power to keep walking with Jesus. Hope began to rise a little bit into, is, is, is that true? How many have found that? You know, when, you, when you're going through something which is just overwhelming, it's, you just wonder how you're gonna handle it all, and yet the word of God comes to you. You know, maybe somebody's preaching and something is said, or maybe you're reading scripture and something jumps out. You know, there is something that, that the word of God comes, comes to you and, and, and it sparks something in you that hope begins to rise. You know, there, there, is, there is something about the comfort of the word of God. There's something about the word of God that can settle our hearts like nothing else can settle our hearts. And, and it comes to us and it gives us hope again. You know, we say where there's life, there's hope, but really the opposite is true. Where there's hope, there's life. And I think so began what is one of the greatest walks of two men in history. Maybe the only other walk that I think is comparable is maybe uh, when God walked with um, Enoch, yeah, and was, not, was no more because God took him. Maybe, but I kind of think this is one of the greatest walks of history, two men walking side by side, one in peace, the other one, his heart in turmoil and, and a mess and, and yet somewhere in there, there's, there's this little twinge of hope that, that, that's in his life. I kind of wonder what Jesus said to him. I kind of think the conversation, it probably went something like this, don't be afraid, only believe. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Don't be afraid, Jairus, only believe. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Remember that's what Jesus said when he approached the tomb when Lazarus died, they're facing death again. And Jesus said the words, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Somehow the words of Jesus must have got into the spirit of Jairus and gave him some hope and the turmoil began to drain out of him. Fear began to leave him. Folks, if you will believe, you'll see the glory of God. 
Faith is let loose in our lives when we believe. See, the question is not, does God perform miracles? We all know that God can perform miracles. The question is always, will he do a miracle for me? See, the question is not what God can do. We know that God can do anything. The question is always, will he do it for me? See, how do we do God to do something for us? Well, the key is faith. See, we we begin to, if we learn the secrets of faith, if we learn to step out in faith, if we learn to believe and we will see the glory of God. We begin to move in faith, then we see God move in amazing ways, miraculous ways in our life. See, it says that they arrived in verse 38, it says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly, and he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Back in those days, they had professional uh, mourners. They were wailing, making this terrible racket. Can't imagine is this, this was your job and uh, you're a professional mourner. You know, somebody dies, they ring up, hey, Chris, come on, you've got a job for you to do. And uh, <laughs> goes down and wails and carries on, you know, down there, like a real dead-end job, that one. <laughs> yeah, but anyway... <laughs> And it says in verse 40, it says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother, the disciples who were with him. They went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astounded. This is the one that everyone thought was dead. One that everybody thought would never be anything. One that everybody thought would never get up again. The one that everybody thought her future was over. The one that everyone thought that she was down, never to be seen again. He said, little girl, get up. Folks, maybe today you are carrying a dream in your heart. Something that maybe seems to have died. Something that seems to have been hopeless. Something that everybody thought would never happen impossible, what's going to happen? Put out the commotion and let Jesus come in. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. See, keep pushing into Jesus. Keep stretching out to him. Keep trying to lay hold of the hem of his garment. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I'm loved by God. I'm known by him. He has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. He wants me to be whole. He wants me to be successful. He wants me to uh, live a life that is abundantly full. Believe and you'll see the glory of God. Reach out and touch the hem of Jesus this day. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that you come and and you put your word into our heart and, and hope is born. Lord, there's something that sparks inside of us something where there was death, something where there was an emptiness, something where there was nothing. You come and you put hope again. We thank you for that today. Folks, maybe today you're carrying some sickness today and, you know, maybe for you today, it's, you know, when the crowd is going that way, you've got to press against the crowd and come this way and get some prayer. We have a ministry team at the end of the service. Get them to come and pray for you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Luke. Let's show appreciation.